I'm Taffer. I'm Caddy. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you are invited. Yeah! Before we get started, we'd like to take the time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So we are enjoying some summer romance this week. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to get cheesy all up in here. Um, this week we read Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen, uh, which incidentally is also a cheesy teen flick that was just also released on Netflix. Um, so uh, I think we'll be going in and out about both the book and the movie. Um, mm-hmm. How was this cheesy experience for you, Tefer? Well, I have read this book a few times. It's a very popular Sarah Dessen. I actually ran a little, like, what's your favorite Sarah Dessen on Twitter, on our yeah, and everybody was, like, along for the ride, which really surprised me because it's it's not, like, even in my top three of Sarah Dessen books. Um, but it is certainly not in my bottom three either. This is, like, for me, a solid mid-tier Sarah Dessen. Rereading it was fun, but I actually really enjoyed the Netflix adaptation, which I I wasn't, like, I was surprised when I found out they were making it because this book was released in 2009. Like, this is an old YA book, and for me it's like a mid-tier Sarah Dessen, and it sort of felt, like, random to me. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing this one. Yes, I relate to that. Yeah. But as an adaptation, I enjoyed it, and, and, uh, I actually really liked, this isn't like common for me, but I actually really liked some of the changes they made to kind of streamline it as a movie. Because this is a thick book. Like this is, for a summer romance, it is it is hefty. It's like 400 pages. <laughs> it is definitely on the, on the, on the plus size side, uh, side of things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, there's a lot in this story. So it's yeah. a story of, Auden, who uh, just graduated from high school, whose parents um, are dreadful humans. Uh, <laughs> uh, writer, uh, two <laughs> writers, one, uh, her dad writes, uh, I guess, popular fiction, and her mom is more of an academic, and anyways, it's very uh, intense, and as you can imagine, uh, they are parents that I hate in um, this story. <laughs> Um, and uh, her parents have divorced and her dad just had another kid and she goes and spends the summer with her dad's side of the family. So with, well, with her dad, his wife, their kid. And um, I guess, thank goodness, there's a redeeming character of the stepmother who, uh, you know, is portrayed as like this, like very... Um, I'm trying very hard, uh, kind of, I want to be in with the Utes uh, type of step parent. 
Uh, but she actually ends up being one. She's such an endearing character. Um, she really is. She's, they, they, they did. Sarah Dessen did such a good job with this character. And um, Auden also meets uh, some young ladies who she befriends. And more importantly, meets Eli. Um, the <laughs> uh, Well, like, they made him very Heath Ledger-y in the movie. Uh, and yeah. I'm okay with that, <laughs> um, but uh, he's he's you know an, an insomniac just like uh, Auden is, and uh, he's he's lived through some trauma, and he fixes bikes and loves to ride his BMX. I don't know, like I don't know what else to say. It's a romance book, like we know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a romance at the beach type of situation. Um, so it's really fun i found like i found that this story lends itself so well to a movie uh yeah. i had a bit more of an issue with the book um i i this story is so norm core white girl straight fantasy <laughs> that there were moments where like i struggled i had a hard time and i was just kind of like ugh okay, white girl, get everything that you want. Wonderful. Um, and, and and that kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. But in the, I found that the movie representation of Auden, they made her really kind of unpleasant, um, which mm. I enjoyed. It, it really mm-hmm. gave me a bit more of a redemption arc for, for, for me. Um, and I'm glad that there was less of the parents in the movie uh, as opposed to in the book. Uh, so... Yeah, that's my that's my quick. Yeah, I think the the reason that this book hasn't been like a top one for me of Sarah Dessen's books is that it is very harsh in a lot of ways. There's there's very much a sort of dichotomy of like snobbish academia academia and blue collar down home kind people in it that that becomes almost caricaturish at times and. I do think that Auden kind of struggles with that at some point and like like you know Auden kind of knows that her mom is a bit of a jerk but like like many teenagers has not totally wrapped her head around what that means for her own behavior um I felt that the 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 overall like feeling I had for the movie adaptation is that it's really softened it softens the edges of the characters. It softens the edges of the story in a way that makes it a lot more human um, and a lot more palatable. Mm-hmm. Because instead of her mom, her mom is at the beginning. I mean, oh my goodness, what? Like, let's pause for a moment and talk about the casting because the casting was spectacular in this movie. Yes, like, they cast Andy yeah. McDowell. As Auden's, like, stern, academic mom. And, like, I wanted to call her daddy in the movie a couple of times. Andy McDowell in this movie gave me mommy issues. Like, her combined with Gillian Anderson and sex education. Like, yes, Mm. yes, mommy. Like, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I found also Emma Pazero as Auden looked exactly how I had imagined her, like, which was just kind of fun. Like, it's fun when the casting lines up with my internal picture. Um, and yes. her stepmom, her, her endearing stepmom is Kate Bosworth. Which of is Blue so Crush funny. fame. 
<laughs> I know. I just like I loved her being the surf girl stepmom. I was like, that was it was really cute. And then um, Dermot Mulroney as uh, yeah, Dermot Mulroney or Dylan McDermott. Dermot Dermot Mulroney Dermot, as the yeah. dad. Who I feel. Oh my God, were they both in my best friend's wedding? Yeah. Yeah. They I were both. So. That's really cute. That's really cute. And he plays um, the most annoying oh, kind of want to throw him out with the trash kind of 50s grizzled lack of confidence like man. And I mean, it's every writing prof you've ever met, right? Like... <laughs> Fair. I mean, every every old white male writing prof you've ever met. Like, I look, took so many poetry seminars with these guys. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, the one place that I had issues with casting, actually, at first, was the aforementioned Heath Ledger, Eli. Because when I first saw him, like, I don't think of Eli necessarily as a hot character. Eli is sort of, like, broody and somebody you have to like look at a couple of times to like to like notice and that's kind of the thing Mm -hmm. but like Belmont Camelli okay I looked up his age he's 24 so I'm just gonna like oh boy like he is from first frame get it yeah can get it just say it like yeah he is he is he is hot he is Heath Ledger in 10 things I hate about you 100% Uh, oh my god but he won me over over the course the casting won me over over the course of the movie well i think that there's something really interesting about a male character who's been like a teenage or like emerging adult character uh, male character who's been through trauma and who's kind of like reevaluating his life there's something really interesting in that and it is true that like he's got like a bit of a like a skater boy look and mm-hmm. we're gonna have to talk about how hard the 90s have influenced this movie um, oh, but there's yeah he has a softness I find that mm-hmm. I really enjoy like there are these very quiet moments in the movie uh, like when they go to the pie shop and things like that like all the late night stuff uh, which like in the book like it's the late night is the time of discovery it is it's the mm-hmm. time where they can truly connect and just be themselves and let go um, and I found that he was great for that like you can I don't know who he is as a human, but there's some softness there and I like yeah. it. I think it was, it was, it made him very tender and it made him feel yeah. like less of a, you know, like a, I don't know if you get this, but like this, this automatic clenching of like, uh, straight guy, he's going to be terrible mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I had a bit of that apprehension uh, while watching it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, Yes. Yeah, he's very soft. He's very vulnerable. He has, I mean, again, that's one of the things that reminds me of Heath Ledger and him is that sort of like open boyish vulnerability um, that goes along with the just like smack you in the face hotness, um, which is a real killer combo. Uh, Can we talk about just the casting of the best friends quickly? Uh, The the shop girls, Um, the three, the three, the three merry wives of winter i guess i don't know like it's just it's like these these three girls working at the shop where auden uh works it's her stepmother's shop and they're 
presented in such an interesting prissy type of way and obviously mm -hmm. you can tell from the first frame where they you see them that they're going to become lifelong friends um, yeah. but I found that those characters I think I like them a bit more in the book I think I felt them a mm -hmm. little bit more um, stiff and perhaps not the best actresses that were um cast in those roles like there's there's a desire like I mean I really wanted to like Maggie I was like yes it's like we have one black person in the house <laughs> she's gonna be amazing and then no she well it's not that she's not amazing it's just that she's such a in the movie she's such a just a side character like she she mm -hmm. really serves zero purpose outside of mm -hmm. making sure that Auden uh, gets to fall in love and yeah it's frustrating because she is a character who's written to be very smart like she is the equivalent to Auden like they're 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 yeah. two peas in a pod so it is a little bit frustrating to feel like this very I don't know the, there was something almost a uh, mechanical about the three besties in the movie that just made me I wanted to fast forward through them a little bit. That's interesting. I don't think I had the same. I agree they're much more fleshed out in the book. But um, one thing I did really love about the movie is that it ends on the friendship note. It ends with, uh, with Maggie and Auden being roommates in college. And I felt like that really emphasized this like push we're seeing in YA literature where it's like, sure, there's a romance, but it's really about the friendship. Uh -huh. um, and I would have loved to see that fleshed out. And this is kind of where you get into an issue when you're taking a 400-page book and squeezing it into under two hours. Uh, that that things fall by the wayside. And unfortunately, I think there were kind of three, so there, there were three things that I felt were missing in the movie that were in the book. There were other things like they cut out her brother, and I don't think anything was missing there. Nope. Um, I think that was totally fine. I didn't miss him. I think about halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, Hollis isn't in this. All right. Um, Alas. Yeah. But they cut Eli's dealings with Fisby. And I do find that the actor had the softness, but that's such a big part of Eli's character. It's the first time that Auden really interacts with him in the book. She's with her sister, her baby sister, who is fussing and fussing and fussing. And we should talk a little bit about like postpartum issues and how those are depicted in this book because mm -hmm. those are depicted in this book. Um, but he like takes her and soothes her and, and teaches Auden tricks to calm her and later has his mom come over to help when Heidi's overwhelmed. And there's this very like wholesome, I think it's really important because it's, it's contrasted with her dad who's doing everything he can to not engage with his child and there's this random teenager, well, I guess he's 20 in the movie at least, who just comes and cares for the baby and helps Auden and helps Heidi and is just like there to be involved and, and be loving and caretaking. And I do think his softness came through, but I also think that they would not have, I think it would have been very easy to include that in the movie. And I don't understand the choice not to. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I yeah. can definitely, definitely um, see that. But yes, the postpartum representation is, um, I mean, if a movie 
were to try to act as a contraceptive, this one succeeded. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because the Fisbees, like, I get it, right? She's a baby. Um, But, wow, there's, like, no redemption to this baby. (laughs) It's just like, oh, this baby just whines all the time and cries and cries and cries and cries and cries. And the mother is so sad. And the father is so disinterested. And poor older sister who like steps in as like a secondary parent and I just like this baby is bad (laughs) yeah one of the enemies of the story is the baby (laughs) the baby has no redeeming quality (laughs) I mean, you know, in the, in the, in the, that's fair, in the book, in the book, it's, it's, of course, there's so much more, and you can tell that, like, you know, the joy surrounding, like, the, the expansion of the family and things like that is so present in the book, but in the movie, I was like, they made, they turned this into a bad baby, it's like, don't have babies, um, maybe, like, I'm watching this as someone in my, like, 30s who's, like, you know, thinking about, about having kids, and I'm like, wow, this movie makes it look like a sham, uh, because inevitably all having a baby is, is like trying to feed someone who is crying and uh, managing a partner who is a baby himself. So, like, yeah. there's not much there that, uh, yeah. which is odd. It's odd. Like to, say, yeah. Yeah. I will say one thing that I um, appreciate, shall we say, is that Sarah Dessen's daughter was born in September of 2007, and this book was published in 2009, uh-huh. and I, I suspect that there is, this is also Sarah Dessen's only child, I suspect that there is a certain amount of writing what you know going on here and maybe processing and in the book so the movie one thing I appreciate in the movie is that everybody's age appropriate um they like make a point of pointing out both uh Auden's age and Eli's age and they're two years apart and they age up Heidi so in the book Heidi is 28 and she was Auden's dad's grad student, yes. which really pushes that that dynamic and makes her dad even shittier. In the movie, Kate Bosworth, she's definitely younger than uh, than Auden's mom, but like it's a much more comparable age difference. I think absolutely they, they look like peers. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> which is. You know, I mean, I think there's something to be said for just not normalizing those power dynamics by giving them representation. So, um, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Heidi, Auden arrives. Uh, Heidi has very enthusiastically invited her to spend the summer, and Auden gets there, and Heidi is just, you know, crying on a yoga ball with her screaming baby. <laughs> yes. And and Auden is like, "Oh, hi!" And Heidi is like, "Oh my God, was that today?" <laughs> But and and it's like Heidi's always tucked away somewhere with the baby, yeah, and like she gets walked in on. Yeah, <laughs> she gets walked in on, and then she surprises everyone with her terrible mm-hmm. baby. And it's just yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm 
I'm just not over the terrible baby. <laughs> well, there's a really wonder. There's a really wonderful moment in the book yes. when um, Isby is crying and crying and crying and screaming, and Auden's mom is there, and yes. she says, "Like I can take her. You go have fun." And and uh, Auden goes, "Oh, I just feel so bad leaving her with with you when she's like this." And her mom goes, "She's not like anything. She's just giving me a piece of her mind." Um, and I do think there's something really nice about seeing like how our perceptions of a baby can be changed by the way we approach their moods, um, which is like something I've always tried when my babies were little was to be like, no, this is just how they know how to communicate. This yeah. is, this is just the only way they know how to relieve stress. But for, I mean, the big thing with Heidi is that we see her with absolutely no support. Yes. Um, in the book, she talks about how her friends just kind of don't get it, and they just kind of all disappeared um, when she had a baby. And, you know, her husband isn't worth shit. Um, I have some feelings about how she let him come back at the end, because, oh boy. I agree with I would you. Not. <laughs> I agree. He needed to be thrown out of the house and just, like, get out and stay out kind of situation. He needed yes, to be absolutely. thrown into a volcano. Um, yes. for a nice vacation. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because he is, they really made no excuses for him in the movie. Like, in the book, we see him through Auden's eyes, so she is always trying to, like, soften things and, and make excuses for her parents. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, we just see him just spouting endless bullshit. Uh, and I really enjoyed the part where she said, if one of your characters acted like that, you'd say it was lazy, <laughs> lazy writing. Boom. <laughs> that is true. That is. Yeah. I'd like to talk about the 90s influence on this. Yeah. But, uh, well, on the movie more so than the book, the honestly. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, the a book is analog. Um, but the movie, they, okay, so first of all, did you notice how little, they didn't integrate anything uh, digital, anything uh, like, you know, they're not on their phones. They're not. Um, and I found that really interesting because I was like, hey, this reminds me of um, a time not that long ago when, uh, yeah, you literally just showed up and waited in front of your friend's house until they came by. And And personally, I cannot tell you like it, I, how happy I am. Um, if I never again have to see a screen with text bubbles and try and make out what they're saying on it. Cause if you are watching something on your laptop, which is on a dresser at the end of the bed, you're not reading any of those texts. You have no idea what's going on. Um, so it is. It, it could not come too soon, and I am delighted to see less of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then there was, okay, so uh, the styling is very interesting, and, and yeah. you know, it's always funny to me to see what people who make movies think that 18-year-olds look like and, yeah. um, like, that they will wear, like, clothes that are ironed and stuff but it did like i mean you know the 90s looks the the little sets and the the dresses and all of that it just it was so funny to me to just be like oh this stuff is cool again that's weird i thought we 
I thought we said that no more kind of thing. Um, The costuming was very fun, I have got to say. Whether or not this is actually what teenagers in a small town in North Carolina wear, um, the costuming was delightful. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, special shout out to um, Maggie's BMXing um, outfit. Oh my god. It was very fun. It was I very want a pink fun. coverall. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. I would ride a bike if I had a pink coverall. Ooh. And then finally, perhaps my favorite 90s, uh, I guess, uh, clin d'oeil, what is that word? Uh, wink to the 90s, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, the soundtrack is great. Yeah. And there is something about, like, I was like, I was as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, if I were a young person, I would want this soundtrack on CD. On CD. It's quite yeah. good. Um, and it's very intentional. And it's very mm-hmm. adolescent and moody and angsty. And, you know, yeah, it made me happy. I, I thought that was really, really lovely. And uh, it's interesting to notice that, I guess, people from my generation are making things now and uh, that they are playing on our nostalgia yeah i have to say it's not maybe it's maybe not strictly soundtrack uh as much but i was just filled with glee that the first dance party was to temperature by sean paul because like how many times did i dance to that song in high school like Mm -hmm. absolutely throwback and i mean throwback i graduated in 2009 like throwback to 2009 in a fun nod to when this book was published, you know, um, when, <laughs> oh my God, many teenagers now were infants. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. It's all right. It's all right. I'm fine. I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, this <laughs> is... The soundtrack is great. I'm I'm bugging myself now because I think I said there were three things missing in the movie, and I think and I only said two, and did. now I can't remember what the third one was. <laughs> so in clearly it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, in true yeah fashion, yeah. we're going to be a little chaotic, and that's okay. Yeah. Maybe it's like we're waiting for the three, you know? We're like one, two. <gasps> There's always got to be three, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I like threes. Oh, no, I remembered. Oh, go I remembered. Ahead. I remembered what it was. I really liked the gradual development of the relationship between Auden and uh, Eli in the book. Yes. They're in kind of a situationship for like a long time where they're yep. like hanging out all the time, don't have to check in like they just are hanging out. They just know they're hanging out, um, but they're not dating, but they clearly like each other for like a long time in the book. And that was sort of crunched into a montage in the movie. And again, I understand from a, like, making movies perspective why it was crunched into a montage. It was a very cute montage, but I felt like their romance wasn't quite as, like, quiet and slow burn as it is in the book. And I really like the quiet slow burn in the book. There's something very, very nice about them just kind of no pressure getting to know each other, very, like, it, which it still was, like, quiet and no pressure and no drama between them for the most part. But I would have liked to see a little bit more of the just, like, mindlessly grocery shopping together in the middle of the night 
Yes, um, which I think is actually, I agree with you completely. For me, it translated as um, I was missing night scenes. I felt yeah. like um, the movie removed that, like, the languishing of nighttime and that, like, yeah, there's 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 something so lovely in the writing uh, of everything that happens at night because it's so yeah. slow. It also leaves so much space for them to talk and yeah. to just connect and to be together. And it is a slow burn romance, which usually I'm not that excited about, but I actually okay. quite enjoyed. Like, I, I, I mean, I also like a smutty book, so like, yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, okay, 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 but pause for a moment. So you don't like slow burn romance, so what's your trope, like, for romance? Cool. What's your favorite, what's your favorite meet-cute? Yeah, uh, my favorite meet-cute is uh, the met in a bar, wake up next to a random person, and then mm-hmm. get to know them. Uh, that tends okay. to be, yes, the, like, oh... Uh, no, oh, uh, uh-oh, were you a mistake uh, into a, like, oh, actually, no, you were the best choice all along. Uh, so, like, is... Knocked Up. Uh, why'd you have to say Knocked Up? It's, like, the worst movie in the universe, Teffer. Why'd you ruin? Why'd you have to ruin it for me? I It's just not cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I have a soft spot for Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> Understandably but, so. Yeah. yeah. Goblin man. Oh, yeah. You know my weakness. <laughs> Goblin man who makes pottery. I agree. Um, yeah, and have you seen the movie where he makes chicken? No, I have not. Uh, there's this very Canadian, very indie movie called Take This Waltz which has him and Michelle Williams and the outrageously hot guy who's Lenny Bruce in Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Um, And I can't even remember if the movie is good, honestly. It's just so many attractive people in one spot. And Seth Rogen is is developing a chicken cookbook, so he's just always cooking chicken. That's awesome. Seth Rogen reads as queer to me, and I think that that is part of why I find him, like, even in, like, the like early 2000s like when it was he was uh, they were trying to I think shape him as a bit of a dude bro like a stoner yeah. dude bro like even yeah. then I was like yeah but this guy's not he's harmless like he there is yeah. yeah he's just a yeah. nice he seems like a nice nice human or at least one who knows when to speak up and when not to yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah um I didn't mean to distract from your from your trope so, um, well, like but now that. I'm questioning myself on um, if there is a trope that doesn't involve dog shop that I really love. So like, but, like friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, friends to enemies to lovers. Um, I'm trying to no, think of I, 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 I actually yeah. will stick with my uh, original yeah. choice. Yeah, I think a lovers yeah. to friends to partners is a very yeah. much a story that I like. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. That is so nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the slow burning, like pining. I really like pining. I'm yearning. And yeah. will they, won't they, as long as they do, you know? I find that interesting because I I understand it, yeah. but because 
I think I haven't seen a representation of it that makes me feel like I can also see myself in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it feels less accessible. So it kind of feels like I, uh, but this is like, let's not uh, therapize me too much, but like, I feel like there are certain <laughs> romance tropes, which like belong to white people and like they mm. get romance. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, not like even, Oh, in the story, Maggie, yeah, you know, like I, you just, I was and like, she gets romance in the book. She gets and romance her, in the book. She gets romance in the book, and they took her romance out in the movie. And then in the they movie, they turn woman exactly. Jesus. And then in the movie, they end up giving us what, like, some guy who just like all he does is scream to her that he loves her, and that's it. Like, there is no yeah. pining. There is no yearning. There's no, you know, like she's she she she's freshly broken up. Uh, with some loser uh, that Auden makes they up They also made him not be Eli's brother anymore, which, no. like, Jake has a whole storyline in the book exactly. instead of just being a douche, yeah. So, yeah, so it feels like within the romance world, and maybe it just also means that I need to uh, explore more uh, non-white romance, but yeah. there's there's... It doesn't feel accessible. We mm. black women don't nest don't don't. I mean, Twitter certainly has confirmed this, but like black women don't deserve love. You know, right. uh, they are at the bottom of everyone's list. They are not a first choice for anyone, and that's really rough. Mm. And yeah. um, I want to. I love love. I am down with romance, but let's make it intersectional or let's yeah. make it let's make it feel like everyone has access to that romance because yeah. I don't know that if I saw it I would believe it you know mm. like it, it would be the yeah. kind of thing where I would hold my breath the whole time while reading it or watching it or whatever and uh would have to consume it a second time knowing that there is a happy ending like there is there's such a tension of like you're never going to get anything positive or you're never going to get anything extraordinary you can get something Mm. very ordinary but that's about it you can get someone who is like steady and will be there but you won't find material success with through your relationship you won't find anything else like validation through community or whatever so I want that. Those are things that I really, yeah. really, really want um, to help me fight my own internalized misogynoir. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for uh, making That's the space for important, it. important perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm Should now we? really, I'm now really, really mad about Maggie not getting her romance. Actually, <laughs> that's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the choice they made. You were about to say something. You yes, I was going to say, should we yeah. talk about how ridiculous BMXing is? That is like sure. BMX as like a, uh, as the device for a story to move forward. It made me laugh. I I found that yeah. really funny. Like it's it's. it's <laughs> I was like, ooh, like because it feels a little Sweet Valley High meets Jodie right. Piku. Uh, you know, like I find that that's sort of <laughs> how I read this book. It's like, but every time it came back to like BMXing, I was like, this is so cheesy. But at the same time, I can't imagine trying to find a more like trying to find an activity that is so geared towards youth uh, and also like a little wholesome. 
you know like it's 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 cute it's it but it made me laugh it really made me laugh like this whole like bmxing is so cool and at the center of all of our lives and everyone in our community rides their bikes the thing i mean i think it's really cute how auden is just kind of like is this like a, a thing everybody's into and i just don't know because i'm super sheltered or is this like a weird justice town thing Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh, you just made me realize that Auden ends up being the voice of reason in so many contexts. Uh, adultification of young characters is hard, yeah. right? But yeah, yes, yeah. she is the voice of reason in a lot of in a lot of situations in the story. She is, but I think that also in a lot of situations, I think her adultification is engaged with well. Where, That's like, I mean, at least in the book, it certainly explicitly engaged within the book and maybe I'm just bringing that to the movie since I know the book well but there's even a point at which her mom says you sound I don't know why but you sound younger um that this like is really about her summer of like remembering that she is a youth remembering that she is young Mm -hmm. and one thing I think the movie did really really well you mentioned that Auden is kind of unlikable and I think that one thing the movie did really well is that every time she like flips up and says something really rude um she gets corrected but really gently usually like Mm -hmm. she just gets kind of like gently redirected and she kind of realizes it was rude because like you also you know that she is just mimicking her mom who is brash and rude and very much your second wave feminist Absolutely. Who, who, you know, knows everything about struggle because she is a successful white woman. And so there's this really, I mean, maybe it's because I kind of relate to the journey of Auden understanding what is being smart and what is being a snob um, and maybe moving away from being horrifically judgmental of anything she doesn't understand. Um, yes and the fact that she's met with kindness is really interesting because it does when we think about uh, about being kind to ourselves and self you know self-compassion and all those things it's hard like and I mean there's no expectation that an 18 year old would have these skills uh fully fully developed but to see her go through that journey and sort of learn that she is not that she doesn't have to be her parents she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be her mom and she uh in turn also brings her mom to a place of kindness right kindness begets kindness and i find that like the small village mentality like within a perspective of like classism um and all of that plays such an important role in exactly that it's like oh well we're still going to be kind to you and like oh you know you're not great but like oh but hey let's get to know each other a little bit more and maybe maybe we can help each other out I found that to be really interesting because then Auden develops her kindness and then once she starts herself spreading it within well within her family which is the most important that's when things start moving uh, yeah. within the story and you really start to see like the growth so she is she's a catalyst of like yeah. kindness is a, a, a huge catalyst in this story absolutely I love that way of putting it that's that's really really true there's a moment that I find really significant in the book um, I can't remember if it translated exactly it didn't translate exactly to the movie so in the book, Auden doesn't go to Colby to work at Heidi's store. She kind of just stumbles into the work, and she's telling her mother about it. And her mother's saying, 
do you think all your future classmates at DeFreeze, which is the fictional uh, uh, important university in the Saradescent universe, are going to be slinging booty berry over the summer, or are they going to be, you know, studying and being research assistants and things? And what's wonderful is that then later in the book we find out that Maggie is in fact one of these future classmates. Yes. And that is, yes, exactly what she's doing because she is not wealthy. Um, and poor kids can also be smart. And in the movie, there's one like fun thing that gets translated where one of Auden's new friends calls her a nickname based on the poet that she's named after. Yes. after. And Auden goes, wait, what? And Maggie just goes, Auden thinks she's the only person who's ever read a book. And it's just such a like, it's such a perfect little like friendly and gentle, but also like, eh, check yourself, like yep. little moment in there that feels so authentically friendship. Like, that for me was really the moment where I was like, oh, they're like friends. Um, and it was yeah. really, yeah, I mean, it's kindness. It's kindness. It's Because, like, Maggie really could have just decided she didn't want to be friends with Auden. And she would have been entirely justified <laughs> um, in that decision. That's quite true. Um, That's quite true. But, yeah, and I mean, we see that, you know, Auden has been primed by her mom to see any enthusiasm as intellectual failure. Yes. That, that any enthusiasm should be intellectual rigor rather than emotion. And one thing I really like is when, in the book this is more explicit, but it does happen in the movie as well, where Auden's mom kind of admits, like, eh, I think I kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. I, I, think I, I think I messed this up. And I'm sorry. And I would like to to try again and do better um which is maybe the only redeeming moment for either of Auden's parents in this book honestly because in the book Auden's mom is also sleeping with her grad student because apparently that's what big shot professors do <laughs> this I mean, is this is what academia true. is this is actually what big shot professors do to be fair so it is accurate <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh, good luck. Woohoo! In summary, books written in the 2000s had terrible parents, oh my God, for the most part. I know yep. we say this all the time, but like I feel like every time I read one of the new releases that has good parents, it is just a balm to my soul. I absolutely agree with you. And I think they improved Auden's mom in the movie. I think they made her dad worse, which yes. is kind of fun. But I th think they improved her mom, and Heidi just remains a sweetie. And Truly I do think they, lovely. Kind of, they kind of toned down her business smarts a little bit. Like, that kind of got limited to just her mentioning business school, which I think was unfortunate. Um, yeah. But, like, her, her just absolutely darling, lovely person personality comes through. And I and just want to know what she's doing with that, with that absolute schmuck. Yeah, she's so, she loves Auden so much. She is, like, so delighted to have Auden in her life. She is so delighted. She called the port where she says, um, both my girls slept yes. through the night. Oh. That was really oh. adorable. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, and and that's that's also interesting because... Because she's supposed to be so much younger, also, it's like yeah. she's she's 
while she is trying and sometimes failing, she's also so important to, like, remind us that, like, oh, yeah, adults who are kind are not to be necessarily thrown away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, they can, it can be good. But, like, she's got a, I was really hoping that the scene where she and and, and Auden's mom bond would end with them just ritually sacrificing Robert (laughs) on a pyre or something, you know, just, like, yeah kick him to the curb, throw him into the sea. Nobody needs his stupid novel. He has no um, redeeming qualities. None. He doesn't. He has none. And 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 Kate Bosworth deserves so much better. Does she? And so does Auden. <laughs> well, I mean, in this movie she does anyway. That's fair. That's fair. That's I never fair. saw I never saw any of her surf movies. It's 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 not that relevant, so it's all right. <laughs> um I'm going to go ahead and say that um, the only thing I wish uh, this book had that was a bit different is just it felt so vanilla. It felt really, really, it's it's like a white bread, uh, ham and cheese kind of kind of reading. And and that like it made it a bit harder for me to like tough it out, especially like. Right through the middle because it is a hefty book uh and i just i wanted a bit of a bit of jauge a bit of a bit of Mm -hmm. spice and Mm -hmm. um unfortunately i didn't get it i didn't dislike the book but it it kind of leaves it in a in a in a beige zone for me yeah yeah and i mean in in many ways that is i'm sorry sarah dessen but that is in many ways the sarah dessen experience it is beach town white people romance and and um in her more recent books it's very clear that a publisher or somebody told her to try to diversify but she doesn't really know how to do that um so bless her heart she writes what she knows (laughs) i do love her books she is wealthier than i will ever be and does not need me to unequivocally love all of her work (laughs) No, and I think that it's okay to be able to be critical about something that, like, you enjoy, but not everything has mm-hmm. to be uh, exceptional. Uh, this is yes. this is very yeah. middle of the road, okay, fast, like, cheesy reading. Yeah. I found the movie really enjoyable. If you're somebody who enjoys a little beach romance uh, with a, with, honestly, good cast, good acting, um, it's nice. Uh, it's under two hours. It's just like a sweet little little summer romance. Lots of pretty beach shots. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I agree. Exactly. It's, it's not like, um, it's not hot, you know, but it's very sweet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. Cool. Thanks for coming along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Yeah. Um, if you want to leave us feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yapodcast, yeah and individually, I'm at Bear. And I'm at caddy underscore D. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenho, Chantal Thomas, Erica Stutchbury, Megan Jane, Maddie Dever, and Emmett Cameron. 
We also have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe someone uh, who enjoys the beach romance. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tepper Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatnai as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Bye-bye! Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Anthony Giorgio, host and producer of Queer Teen Podcast. Queer Teen Podcast encourages the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Listen, learn, and love as you get to know the next queer youth leaders of the world. Queer Teen Podcast celebrates, elevates, and narrates how the LGBTQ plus community uses our voices to tell our stories. You can find Queer Teen Podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to get your podcasts. And please, please, please subscribe today. And don't forget to listen, learn, and love.